Thomas Carruthers. Oh, sorry. I let people introduce themselves now. Sorry, it's been a while. Ava Robinson is here. Oh, no, you introduce yourself. I'm Ava Robinson. Yes. Um, it's, it's, been a, it's been a while. What The last one, was there something about Mary? Yes. yes. But that was like summer 2020. Was, yeah, the lockdowns. Yeah, the lockdowns. Um, however, when it came to scheduling my Halloween uh, programming, and I realized very quickly, well, would I need to do Halloween and Scream. I, well, put, to put it plainly, I, you know, I don't want to be killed in my sleep. So I invited Ava on uh, to talk about Halloween and Scream. Halloween and Scream, two movies that we uh, both adamantly love. Halloween begins our series, Scream will end it in, in eight weeks or whatever it is. Um, but uh, two movies we just, adamantly adore um despite their subsequent sequels well, and this, remakes this is what i was going to say so last no it wasn't last year was it oh was it last year when did it come out what ha halloween, ha kills. halloween kills yeah yeah it was october 21 october last year so i spent oh my god just months and months watching all halloweens and just delving so much into Halloween. And, I'll, and again, very similar with Scream this past two months. I've just been watching all Screams all the time. I mean, I wrote articles about all the Screams. I don't know if they've come out yet. I know they did because I did it in Synergy anyway. It's very weird that today, and this is our rule, we are only talking about 1978 <laughs> and we are only talking about 1996 because Specifically in the case of Scream, I'm a huge Scream 2 fan, and I know that you're not at all. No, you, and Halloween, we were both very big fans of 2018. And you're a big season of the Witch fan. <laughs> I'm a big season of the Witch fan. I'm a big Halloween 2 fan. I like Halloween 4. I like my, I, I like Halloween. Uh, and we series. adore Halloween 2018, but we don't talk about has your love of 2018 waned because of how terrible Halloween Kills was? Because I think yes. mine might yes. have, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because, because I just can't, I can't get out of my head. Just any, just any, any Anthony Michael Hall. And dare I say, it has affect, no, it hasn't at all. Nothing will ever affect it. But I tell you what, it was one very specific moment. When 
uh, and when Laurie bumps into Sheriff Brackett and he goes, sorry, Laurie, everybody's entitled to one good scare. And, you know, a great line in this film, but now all I can see is in Halloween Kills him getting his gun out and going, hello, Michael, everybody's entitled to one good scare. The most, uh, the, just unbelievably bad moment I've seen in some time. And um, so, yes, this is our hard and fast rule, because especially with Scream, less so with Halloween, because 1978, uh, original Halloween, is a perfect masterpiece. Not that Scream isn't, but is an absolute perfect masterpiece, and none of the rest get that close. For, no. for me with Scream, a couple of the Scream movies do get that close, but we're making a hard and fast rule, starting now. But, honourable oh, mention, the atrocity that is Halloween Kills, the, the detailing most and it's the best example with the mask itself of their recreation of 1978 in that opening flashback yes. michael's appearance is faultless it was very very good yes the, and, that, just, and then that's that's it to say that like in <laughs> like even to halloween 2 the mask just looks so bad i don't know how mm -hmm. you can I don't know how. <laughs> Let alone Halloween Resurrection, which growing up, that was my that was my like treat at the movie store. We were like, Mom, let's watch, let's watch Halloween Resurrection. Was it your treat or was it your trick or treat, motherfucker? Mother <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we um, must have times. Halloween. So, what is your John Campen? I can't even think. What is your John? Carpenter uh, mileage. Where does your love for John Carpenter begin? Well, I know where it begins here. Where does no, it, it begins? It... I'd say I would say it begins and ends here. Okay. Um, I've seen the thing. I watched the thing maybe when I was like fifteen with my mum, mm -hmm. and because she adores Kurt Russell in in, right. in any form. Um, Another weird tangent. Have you watched Kurt Russell, John Carpenter, Elvis? No. I think, would that do it for you? Because you love Kurt Russell and you love Elvis. Hmm. I mean, maybe more so than the new Baz Luhrmann, Austin Butler. You are Elvis. supposed to be a star! How the hell? I'm sorry, I oh, don't know. Oh, no, we're not no, talking no, no. about Tom Hanks, Tom. No, no, but I, you know what I'm going to say, and it's going to annoy you even more. How the hell did Jared Leto get that much shit the House of Gucci, and then they're just going to let Tom Hanks, you are a Anyway, we cannot do this tangent. <laughs> but you are not invited to the House of, the house of Gucci. Tom's weirdly specific favourite part. Uh, Jared Leto died in poverty in London. <laughs> oh, no, 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 um, no my, my really specific favourite part is just that like half pant around Adam Driver during the Ashes to Ashes montage. I fucking love it. That was great. And the the church organ becoming fate and all of House of Gucci. House of Gucci was great. Do not confuse a shit with chocolate. <laughs> with chocolate. <laughs> anyway, I loved I loved House of Gucci. Halloween 1978. Do you remember I, I, um, my mileage? Carpenter. Yeah, my mileage for John Gabbard goes further. I, I, I loved I loved the thing. And I think what? No, I think the thing is his best film, I think Halloween may be my favourite. Sorry. Uh, there are flaws in Halloween. There are. I, I can think of a big one, and that is literally, I've written one word for what's the change, but we'll get to that but later. I on. don't think I agree with you on this one. We've had this well, conversation I, I before. Care. I don't care. 
Halloween. Halloween. Um, so at this point, John Cabinder is still quite an independent. I mean, this is still an independent filmmaker. But mm. um, him and Deborah Hill, they end up uh, writing this script, originally conceived as the the Babysitter Murders. Uh, and then bit by bit, they sort of start adding things in. Okay, let's make it Halloween. Just an ingenious idea that hadn't been done before. I don't know how anybody's... Because And also, mm. you're not going to do it again. You, you yeah. can't do... I think by the fact that they named it Halloween, if this was still called The Babysitter Murders, but it was just set on Halloween, then Halloween's open for a more and more horror movies. But the fact yeah. that they just was like, no, this is called Halloween. <laughs> you, yeah, sorry, mate. This is Halloween. Um, at least to this the sort of commonly reported thing is that Deborah Hill sort of punched up all the um, teenager dialogue and uh, all the sort of because I think it can't really be underestimated to what extent I know, well actually no you disagree with me on this uh, but um, let's what? talk about let's talk about look how lucky you have to be to get this film to the absolute status it is. Mm. A, happening upon John Carpenter, a, a director of such incredible skill. Happening upon Deborah Hill, an incredible producer who also brought this, you know, young vita 70s female vitality to the uh, female performances. Getting Donald Pleasance, somebody who doesn't wink once. He, there is no winking there is nothing he is so in on this performance and if he was even you mean blink no i mean wink like he's not like oh this is oh, a stupid oh. horror movie wink yeah. i mean not literally winking and then i don't know i'm missing somebody else that they were really lucky to get at this time in in her don't career even, we need to have a whole category just to talk about this this woman why well, haven't you done this on this? Why have you never done a Jamie Lee Curtis series? I'm, well, because things like, have changed through the years. Me, yes, I know. Trade in places. Knives out. We've done Fish Called Wonder. You were invited, but oh. you were invited. We're just on your hiatus. I'm, I'm, I'm busy with university work. I'm in the lead in a show or something. You were probably saying something like that. And was like, Sorry, I think you mean shows. Oh, yes, of course. Um, what was it? I offered you a drink on the opening night and you said, I, I am, will not be expected to give that performance six times and have a drink. <laughs> Great line. Um, your, a quote from your dad. I asked, I, you know, I was struggling for creative inspiration. So I asked Ava what sort of role she would want to play. And then your dad chimed in without missing a beat. The lead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <clears throat> go on, what would, what would the, the, are you now going to say Christmas with the Cranks? <laughs> Christmas with the Cranks, Freaky Friday, True Lies. No, I want to do a whole James Cameron. We've only done Titanic Cameron-wise. Um, but then also I'd want to do Aliens before. I don't, uh, sorry, Alien before, which means that we'd have to do a Ridley Scott series before. Anyway, things are all in flux. Everything's changing. <clears throat> Everybody should be happy that they're getting episodes at all. <laughs> Will is Will is <laughs> struggling with a fourth year of university, and I oh I've got a job. No, but the um the <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> nine seventy eight Halloween. Do you remember? Oh no, we'll, and we'll talk. Okay, let's do a broad strokes. Jamie Lee talk about the rest of her career, and then we'll return. 
We're doing all of this context and then we'll go back to just 1978, where it all began. Is Obviously, this is the peak for you, Jamie Lee Wise, or is it? No, no, I don't know if it is. What do you mean out of all her performances? Yeah, it's definitely not her is best it, performance. No, it's not. It's not her best performance, but I think it. Um, it's weird. I mean, actually thinking about it right now and saying it as I'm thinking about it, I don't think because you know this is her first one. It's not that I don't. It's not when I'm watching it, I'm looking at her and being like, "Oh, that's Jamie Lee Curtis." But because she is so young, mm. and it is just it's so encapsulated in the film itself. And yes, it went. Yes, she appeared in like however god many sequels of you know the Halloween universe. But I think the Jamie Lee Curtis that I love, you know, in her later career, and yes, like Fish Called Wonder was what, 88, 89? Yeah, I think, yeah. So that, that's, you know, that's just over 10 years later. But I think Jamie Lee Curtis, when I think of her in all the other movies that I love, as she, you know, progressed in her career, I think that Halloween, to me, feels kind of separate. Yeah. It's like I'm not watching this, you know, like 18 year old actress and I'm like, oh, that's, um, you know, that's Wonder. what's her name? Linda Drysdale in Knives Out, like 50 years later. No, I'm, I'm not thinking that. You know, I don't I don't equate that well, even no, though it is the same amazing there's, woman. There's no humour in this. And I think it, it can't be underestimated just how fucking funny Jamie Lee Curtis is as a star. Like, <clears throat> wonder. The central message of, of Buddhism is not every man for himself. <laughs> oh. uh, love Fish God Wonder. But us, the. Um, us recast as Otto and Wonder. Come on, I've modeled my entire life after Kevin Klein. <laughs> Another man I've modeled my entire life after, Christopher Guest, who is obviously. Um, when did they get married? mid 80s i think they've it's one of those things where they've like yeah. always been together yeah um as she told us in her interview she was like i'm not a drug addict i'm a dope fiend i don't say drug addict i say fiend uh she posted something the other day where she was drinking in a roll on her instagram and she was like don't tell my sponsor but that was very funny um she's just an incredible woman she's funny she's brilliant you know incredibly attractive in in, in so many ways um and, and yeah, terribly, terribly serious in it when a dramatic role calls for it, as we find out here. Uh, and so it is when you look at <clears throat> her storied comedic career of the 80s into the 90s, into even into now, obviously. It's weird to think of her as a screen queen, which she obviously was. No, Prom no. Night, this, Terror Train. Terror uh, Train. Uh, fog. Oh, yes, we'll get to Terror Train. Um, <laughs> the Fog. But these are all sorts of... And, and I think it's a big... It, it feels weird to say that she elevated the role of the final girl screen queen because, in many ways, this is proto. This is before well, the no, glut of time, sequels. They didn't know what that was. Yeah, you know, so they were creating an archetype that they didn't know was going to become an archetype. But then they would sort of, kind of, go back. Well, no, actually, no. They don't. They don't really never go back in the final. She's. It's elevation. She's. She's absolutely. Perfect and flawless in this. In but I think I think it's because it was so unassuming. Oh yeah, not, definitely. Not, not well, yeah, to an extent, her performance. But as as we say, because I agree completely that this was Proto, um, not Plato. No. Um, 
yeah and and I think that's why it works but here's the question which obviously we can also all talk about um Neve Campbell a lot come scream but is is she yes she's the original final girl but is Laurie Strode the best final girl no I think Sydney Prescott has my heart for always and I know that we're making a hard and fast what about Halloween Michael (laughs) no she's not even holding a gun she's in the fucking closet with the lights on it and she's like happy Halloween what the hell is this because in this again they're trying to ape a moment in this that is so simple and perfect and it was just a little light and John Carpenter was probably smoking at the time and he's just like let the light higher 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 good 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 can we see Debra Deb Deb can we see him okay but now it's this weird CGI zoom in and it's a fake light on CGI and and again it's what we're talking about here oh my god the amount of things that just went right here for this little movie that budget three hundred thousand dollars Current box office up through the years, 60 to 70 million dollars. And um, and then obviously, as we talked about, it just makes the glut of slasher sequels of the 80s. But whereas when you look at all of those, people say that this is the first one, or at least people talk about Peeping Tom, people talk about Psycho, people talk about Black Christmas. But this is the one which very simply is killer, wearing a mask, killing innocent beautiful women and many of them have sex and are killed um half dressed don't have sex well you will get pregnant and die <laughs> uh mean girls yes thank you um i, I don't know why i said thank you <laughs> um <clears throat> what was i talking about the other who is the best performance in that i mean it's obviously rachel mcadams then it's amanda seafried then it's Lindsay. but i but i so i'm, I'm going to remove my point straight away who's the best male performance in Oh, Damien. I don't know the actor. I follow him on Instagram. Oh, no, 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 no. Tim Meadows is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. How many people do you have in your home? Six. (laughs) No, no, no. Damien is the best. No, he is very good as well. She doesn't even go here. Um, right, I, I, I want to get in. I want to get into talking about the mastery right, of this okay. masterpiece. All right, all right, Jack, all right. Uh, yeah, 60, <clears throat> 60 to seventy million. Um, are there any other broad strokes things we want to talk about? We talked about Camden. We talked about, about first time watching it. Yeah. Do you remember your first time watching it? No. I Great do. I do. Okay. And it's, you're going to, this is one of those weird things. I, so, I watched the first Halloween. um, Basically, I would, I'd been recommended Halloween by my mum. And she was doing the nails of a woman. Uh, This was when my mum used to do nails before she got dermatitis. But then she um, was doing the nails of what is, can politely be referred to as a goth woman. Uh, And she was like, no, 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 no you need to watch the Rob Zombie Halloween. So I also bought the Rob Zombie Halloween and I went to my, we were at my Auntie Becky's and I think my mum was doing my Auntie Becky's nails and it was like, hey, sit in the front room, <laughs> sit in the front room. And uh, so I put on Halloween and my Auntie Becky set it up. So I watch all of Halloween and the whole time it's got this green filter on it and the entire thing is green. And, I, and, and everything is tinted green. 
and Michael looks like he's wearing the mask, <laughs> Jim Carrey. And I'm like, okay, this is, what is this choice? What, why is everything green? Mm. And then my uncle Gary comes home halfway. Then I, then I immediately put on Rob Zombie's Halloween and there's this huge bare naked lady strip, strip tea scene. And I'm like, I'm trying to find the controller. How old are you? Uh, oh, young, young. We all know the answer to this. <laughs> well, yeah, but like how young? I don't know, 10-ish, 11-ish. Okay. And um, I was at my old home, so that would have been, yeah, I would have been 11 or 12-ish minimum. Um, so I was gonna, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then my then my uncle green. Gary shows up and he goes, Becky, why is the TV green? And he flicks it over. So I first watched Halloween with the worst, all, all green. And then two years later, I'm doing like a carpenter marathon, and I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful, and the darks of this film. And the oranges and the lights are so beautiful. It's so much better not being green, yeah. unlike what Kermit tells us. Um, you could do better. I know, it wasn't great. So that was my first time watching uh, Halloween. And I there. think, I mean, now I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'd say 80% sure I watched Halloween Resurrection before 78. Wow. And I don't, I don't know how it came about because we never, we never had Halloween on DVD because my parents aren't horror, you know, any horror genre. Yes, I would not say this movie is scary. It is stuff. No, no, no. But I was alone the other day watching it in my room, in my house, and I turned, yeah, it, I turned it down a little. It was on a hundred, and then like, I did turn it down to oh, like yeah, eighty. I forgot your death. Honestly. Wow. Um, <laughs> Um, no, so I, I don't, I do not know how Halloween Resurrection entered the mix. I think I no, my brother had loved Nightmare on Elm Street and had all mm. the whole complete set of Nightmare on Elm Street, and then obviously that included Freddy versus Jason. So then had a couple of you know the original Friday the Thirteenth. Um, so I'm, I'm yes, that makes sense. So the fact that he was into that. And I would say I was maybe 13. Um, and obviously at the time, then it's like association. So when we still had our video store in town, um, given that he already had all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, then it was like the next thing. So, and obviously Halloween Resurrection was 2001, I want to say, early I mean, 2000s. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, to us, that was the newest, because Rob, maybe... We didn't watch Rob the Zombies. Rob Zombies 2007. 2007. Yeah. So I think we were like, oh, and yeah, so that was more of like an interesting, you know, shiny new thing as opposed to like a movie from the 70s because mm. of that time. You know, and as a child, you loved Buster Rhymes. Exactly. Um, and Tyra Banks. Um, so yes, I'm, yeah, I definitely watched Halloween Resurrection before 78, before any other movie. The way then, it's meant to be seen. Exactly. And yeah, it was like a really fun, I, I wasn't scared by it. It was fun because it's, you know, like a contest and, you know, but then obviously through watching it, I was like, oh, you know, you know yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis dies at the opening. <laughs> anyway, we won't even talk about that. Yeah, you um, don't like, you don't like asylums, do you, on yeah, film? Yeah, yeah. So like that, no, actually that opening scene, 
stresses me out the most. I think more than any chase scene in a horror movie like this. Mm. Even though he's just walking, nah. I, I would fucking like jump off the roof. I what about the, what about this? What about 1978? What about like drive to Smith's Grove? What, what is that spooky or is it literally those sorts of like white halls and all that sort of thing? Yeah, and, and just the fact that like, you know, because even though he's walking, yeah, he's not like running after you like, like Leatherface with a chainsaw, but you know, something that, and also like, yeah, she, she like strategizes it and she knows she's gonna hide behind and then make it look like she jumped off the roof and then like, you know, get him. But just the fact that like, you know, you're running in these halls and you know they're coming and like, what if the door doesn't open and you can't get out and you're just gonna be trapped or, you know, up stairwells. And it's just like, I think it's the infrastructure of it being enclosed. Like I'd rather be in a field running somewhere with some guy like, you know, sprinting after me. Like, and, and we'll, we'll talk about this when we get into the specifics of the scenes, but also with me having to, hide in technically in sight or in close proximity with the killer and have to be silent whether it's you know in the closet which we see and she can and, you know you can see him walking and you have to be there and be silent and of course eventually the killer finds you and then you have to battle it out or if in scream you know when um casey becker is you know when she's outside and she's ducking behind and then she goes and then he turns and it's that great scream um just any sort of enclosed hiding that you have to absolutely not make a sound. Or oh, the only good scene in Halloween Kills with Kyle Richards. Yes. Was I not like shitting a brick? You, you were terrified. Yeah, you were terrified. Still have the bruises. Now the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the only- oh, I yeah. love Kyle Richards. Kyle Richards has my heart. I love her. And, and Real Housewives yes. Belly. Great show. And her sister is in, Assault on Precinct 13, isn't she? Kim Richards was um, uh, a, um, like Escape to Witch Mountain, like original 70s yeah. Disney movies. But I think she's child, a little- They're both child of, actors. Yeah, I think she gets shot in the face in Assault on Precinct 13 as a kid. That's the like inciting incident, incident of Assault on Precinct right. 13. Uh, Carpenter's previous film, sorry. Um, so they've got a Carpenter link. Um, yes. Listen no, no, oh, so, then, so then eventually when came to watch Halloween, the original, I think I was, it's probably a good thing that, you know, it was slightly delayed because by that time, maybe I was like 15 or something. And then I just fully appreciated it as the masterpiece it was. Mm -hmm. Not as just another horror movie in a lineage of like some random slasher movie. Yes, I think, <clears throat> again, it's that typical thing. You kind of see it with Lethal Weapon or you kind of see it with Die Hard. Um, even Jaws to some extent, where it's like we, people will maybe watch this and they'll be like, oh my God, she's dropping the knife. Oh my God, the call, calling. And they'll see all these cliches without reckoning with the fact that this is what started the cliches. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it's a weird switch in your head to do um, that for some, many will probably just say, no, they're still cliches. And obviously we'll get to Scream, which spends half of its runtime deconstructing and uh, you know all that subverting all these sorts of cliches uh, but it's a weird switch to make uh, from going this is bad it's so cliche ridden this is good it started many cliches 
Yeah. And I, and I don't think some people will take that. I, and also, let's just say it plainly, this is just boring for people. Um, I, I dare show it to, I don't even know. I, I definitely a conjuring fucking audience. <laughs> Oh, oh no, no, shit. and and you know, you know that is my big that is my big um, no no when it comes to horror movies. I I I will say that I'm pretty much without fail solely limited to the slasher genre, and yes, with you hate that, ghosts. It's like, it's like I specialize in um, you know original you know seventies eighties nineties slashers because mm-hmm. any any you know horror movie market you know now everything is just so paranormal and yeah, like I've seen Paranormal Activity, I think and but anything possession haunting no like zero interest and but then also you have something like saw which is not slasher that's just straight up gore yeah i i wouldn't i I would rather watch that than paranormal shit but i to me and everyone's different i don't get any sense of um enjoyment or i don't value it dare i say cinematically because i don't I don't enjoy being that terrified because when I watch these films, I'm not terrified. I just, like you say, you know, and yeah, when I've watched it or even watching Halloween 2018, if it's at night and I'm alone, you feel the sense of the suspense and the, it's the tone and atmosphere that I embrace. I don't, watching some like jump scare conjuring nun that is going to like give me nightmares and keep me awake at night that gives me no viewing pleasure whatsoever so that's why i don't i think it's just i think when it comes to ghosts versus slashers it's a very simple difference in that ghosts are scary because they can do absolutely anything yeah and and slashers are scary because they're real this is 1978 the year before is the son of sam killings two years before is ted bundy serial killers have been and and zodiac the zodiac killings yeah Serial killers have become such a thing of the, not the mainstream, but the news media and such a well-reported thing that, whereas, I mean, serial killers have always been a thing, but like they've never been this publicized or this famous. And suddenly it becomes a, um, a fear, a, a, a fear, not yes, like, like, sh- like sharks, like serial killers are not common, not like your Ted Bundy's. You, where and shark attacks are not that common, but a movie like Jaws and a figure like Bundy and Bundy and Son of Sam and the Zodiac Killer in the 70s punctuates a myth and Halloween apes that myth and um, brings great horror to it. Let's talk about the film. 10 minute stretch. Now, here, what are your nominations? And then, and then we'll see. I, I, I feel, well, this is, I think it's a very episodic film. Yeah, I'd agree. So, what were your no- what are your nominations for ten minutes? I, I, I literally I played through it in my mind, and I my honourable mention is I enjoy thoroughly. So maybe this would come you know under more general favourite part of the film. Um, mm-hmm. but I thoroughly enjoy just the unassumingness of the entire walk back from school that afternoon. The three, you know, Linda, Laurie, and Annie. Um, all of that, but I think for me, it, it's it's the last ten minutes of the film, 
like just without Und undeniable the whole thing is a powder keg burning match to that i just fucking, and then like i my i know it's this tom's weirdly specific part of the film but my <laughs> the guests get one too well okay oh, i'll save it because i know without a doubt what mine is <laughs> okay. well i've got i've got a few one of them is anytime <laughs> anytime i have yes. the opening scene It doesn't float my boat. Okay, I, I think it's genius, but I, yeah. Uh, escape in the rain, meeting Dr. Loomis. As uh, your, I love Laurie, and I love, and I love Jamie Lee, but I think there are there are two kinds of Halloween fans. There are Laurie fans, and there are Dr. Loomis fans, and I am undeniably a Dr. Loomis fan. What are you going to give him, Thorazine? <laughs> One that knock him out. That's the idea. Don't you think we can start referring to it as him? If you say so. And that, every single line. That is the letter was, of the law. Was, remember when we watched that thing and he was just absolutely drunk. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he was, he was, yeah. That is the letter of the law. <laughs> well, all of my favorite lines are Loomis. And most of my favorite specific moments. Do you know, what's, your, what's your favorite line? Lonnie, yeah, get your ass out of there. <laughs> and then I my, think, I think that is my, my favorite part. major favorite part is after they run away and he just stands there smiling. <laughs> and then Sherry Bragging. <laughs> it's just an absolutely hilarious 30 seconds. Lonnie, get your ass out of there. Smiles. Booms into Sheriff Bracket. It's like <laughs> oh, what an excellent, excellent film. Um the 10 minute stretches. I put here the Myers house at night, including Loomis's monologue. When I met him, yeah, he was a boy. Uh, and then Sheriff Brackett, uh, more fancy talk. <laughs> Sheriff Brackett, bad cop, bad cop. Should we put out an APB? Should we talk? No, don't see him on every street corner. What's the problem with that? Is that a bad thing? Mm. That, like, I guess we don't know what the mask is looks like yet. No. So they're just going to be like, there's somebody in it. And then obviously- the, Well, I mean, it is Halloween. Exactly. They kind of they kind of lean into that in the in Halloween 2 when Ben Tramer, you've never seen Halloween 2, have you? No. Ben Tramer gets plowed by a car because he's wearing the same Michael Myers mask. <laughs> yeah, poor Ben Tramer. Poor Laurie. <laughs> you like Ben Tramer. Oh, um, don't you? Annie's death, Annie's extended death scene. No. Oh, Paul, please give me my keys, Paul. Uh, Bob and Linda. With, with you, okay. How do you feel about Linda? I know how you feel about Annie, which we'll get to in What's the Change. How do you feel about PJ Souls? I think she's fine. Okay. Okay. I, I, I agree. No, I agree. I agree. I just no, no, no. I, I have no, I have no. Um, yes, and you can also say that that was the proto archetype of the, you know, I hate to say it, but the slut, you know, first to die. I thought you were just going to say ditzy. I didn't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no. I'm I'm talking about in a horror. No, I know movie, you are. I know you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. has who yeah. is the most promiscuous, open sexuality mm -hmm. has sex, and then shortly after uh, meets her demise. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, because I because it's so proto, there is a certain 
like I say, unassuming, and it's not innocent, but it's not as if it's become a parody of itself where she's just like, but then having, say, having said that, um, Rose McGowan in Scream, Scream. I think she, she has a nice um, edge to her in her performance and um, mm -hmm. obviously it's parodied in like so it, it just it's like this lineage and but what I'm saying is that I think PJ Souls even though you know it's, she's she's embodying that archetype I think it's still um very unassuming and unoffensive you know not offensive but truthful and isn't mm -hmm. too outlandish like it's not bigger than it is yes mm -hmm. it's still that archetype but it's not a um yeah, unrealistic parody of it, or it doesn't amp up more than needs to be. I totally agree. Uh, totally. Uh, uh, and then this is sort of a 20 minute, oh, no, it's not. Laurie finding everybody, walking over to the house and Laurie finding everybody, and then running back over. <laughs> oh, Tammy, Tammy. Oh, just that's, throwing that. that plant pot. <laughs> and um, go to the McKinsey's. Go, go, do as I say. Uh, and then, as you say, the final stretch. Um, again, I just don't think people have the patience nowadays. Um, this would be but boring. It's not, to me, it does not feel like a long or even, it feels very, um, when I think of it as a movie, I'm like, oh, this isn't a long or enduring movie. But then when I watch it, I just have no sense of time. I think the, in terms of, we can talk about it in what's the change, if you have any, in terms of, but I don't think I any anything, sequence. No. I don't think any sequence is overextended or un, unneeded. I think it. I think it has flawless flow. Now that I think about it, I think it's it's less of a flow. No, it is the flow, but it's an atmosphere and a mood. The famous exactly. story is they screened it without the score, and it was boring, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is the worst film we've ever made." Oh no! And then John Carpenter wrote the score in three to five days. And the entire score in three to five days and put it in. And then obviously everyone immediately said, this is, this is so scary, John. And he says, I know, he smokes a cigarette. Um, and then the final stretch. Um, I think that unequivocally, <clears throat> we're agreed that uh, no matter the nomination, uh, the best is uh, obviously the final seven minutes. Yeah. Um, the Boogeyman. As a matter of fact, it was. Uh, do you know who Bob was supposed to be, Ava? Or a, possibi a, a possibility of casting of Bob? PJ no. e. Souls's boyfriend at the time, Dennis Quaid. Hmm. <laughs> you haven't seen Postcards from the Edge yet, have you? No. Tom, Tommy Dennis. No, I'm not going to bully. I'm not going to bully you, but I'm, <laughs> but he is incredible in Postcards from the Edge, and him and Meryl have great, great chemistry. Uh, Mer that's, that's Meryl Streep, sorry, I don't know. I don't know um, if you know of her. Um, remember when we organized a whole fortnight of Meryl Streep movies, and then you were like, eh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have fun. We have fun. Uh, Tom's Whittler's specific favorite parts, I put here. Literal first frame and needle drop. Mustafa Akkad presents one of the best openings to a movie ever. Just black screen. And, and then that was more like a 
<laughs> that was more like simple vanillas, but um, and then into the pumpkin. And I, 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 how can you not be completely? You've got me. You've got me for ninety minutes. Outline of Michael in the pumpkin, very subtle, very subtle. But um, yes, that's that. The pull-out shot uh, following the one-out scene, uh, following the one-shot scene. Michael, even though it makes absolutely no sense. No, I know. And when they just stand there, for me, I, I appreciate, I adore that long shot. Adore, adore. Um, but that, yes, I allow it because yes. But then I'm just like, they wouldn't be stood there. The problem and is that the mother puts her hands in her pockets. Well, no, and then she's like... You need... It's, yeah. it's, it's classic you acting. Oh, very good. Very good. Do the... Do the Ava famously, we had to do a fucking zoom And I said, scene. Tom, Tom, don't look at the camera. And he goes... <laughs> <laughs> you, say, you said leave and make a noise. I believe you said leave and make a noise. If you hear that when I say leave normally, then that's your own delusion. But it, it, it makes is, me smile now. Yes, I was going to say, has there been any, is there, you know, would there be another reason for you to rewatch that? Oh, wait, because you watch it every night and, and speak along with the lines and sing along with the song. Um, outline of Michael in the, uh, the pull-out shot. Um, singing... Michael in the bathroom. <laughs> Michael in the bathroom. Uh, singing, I wish I had you all alone. And then the oh, shoulder yes. and the breathing. Yeah, and just the shoulder and the breathing. And yep. oh, wonderful. Obviously, I've been listening to so many goddamn commentaries and podcasts and, and articles and stuff. Um, what do you think is the inciting moment? Um, obviously, obviously, her coming to the house and leaving the keys. But is Michael hearing, I wish you had you, I wish I had you all alone? And that's his instigator. And, and, and in this movie, because obviously, years and years of different movies and different motivations blah 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 it, it, it's a, it's her sister he wants to come home he's going back to his home 40 years <laughs> all he wanted to do was come home big john little john anyway oh, to talk about that, <laughs> oh, that was oh my don't even talk to me about that um, Can you imagine if every time we introduced a character in this, they had an annoying flaw? They're not flaw. They had an annoying trait, like in all the David Gordon Green movies. If, 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 like we met Sheriff Brackett for the first time and he had a sleep apnea mask and was drinking a bottle of red wine, or the first time we meet Annie, she's flying her drone helicopter, or the first time we meet Linda, she's. Oh yeah, I bought this uh, Asian wrap. I bought you a, a you know, a, what's your lunch look like? It's just two brownies and a bagel. Can you imagine? And then instead we just get simple. I forgot my French book, my history book, my English book. Hey, speed kills. Anyway, Tom's Winley's specific favorite part. Oh, this is, no, this is my favorite. I mean, yes, my favorite line is obviously, um, Lonnie, get Lonnie. your ass out of there yes. and his little smile. But my, do you remember? I think I've told you this. Do you know my second favorite line in the film? It's another Loomis line. No. Haddonfield's 20 miles away. Uh, you know, 
He can drive. He's been locked in for 15 years. He was doing a very good job last night. Maybe somebody around here gave him lessons. And (laughs) just sublime bit of terrible, not terrible writing, but just sublime bit of, hey, Deb, how can this kid drive? Uh, uh, Say that uh, somebody in the gave him lessons. Ah, Good idea, Deb. Um, kid getting grabbed by Michael that's my biggest scare is the bullying and then Mm. the kid running straight (laughs) and that's the first time we hear that theme well no it's not my biggest scare my biggest scare is obviously um, in the final chase that oh that fucking moment for our audio listeners I moved my hand up (laughs) um Speed kills. Uh, the smoke crossing across the screen in the bush prank moment, uh, which I showed yep. you the last time we watched it, which is just John Gavin to smoke crossing the screen. Uh, Sheriff Brackett's intro. Hello, Laurie. <laughs> it weirdly looks like Paul Lind. Paul Lind. Um, Michael driving behind Loomis outside the store robbery. I very much enjoy. The Thing, then watching The yep. Thing. I don't know what came first, chicken or the egg. I don't know, because The Thing is 1982. So we're a long ways off. I don't know, you know, anyway. Uh, Laurie crossing the street, hands in pockets. And it's just so ominous. We know full well what she's about to find out. And she just has this blissful ignorance about her. It's it's incredible. Bob swinging, no matter how impractical it is. (laughs) Um, uh, People ignoring her as they bang on the doors. I often, when people say, you know, what's the scariest, blah, 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 blah. I always say this. Laurie banging and that woman coming to the window and just turning her lights off and ignoring it. That is the scariest part of Halloween. Not Michael, nothing else. The horror of suburbia. Just a little blue steel after that. Um, mm-hmm. and, then, and then the pop-up, anytime it pops up. Um, Ava, your, your weirdly specific favorite part, those little things that after years and years of watching, they're in Okay, so any time, Yeah. For me, I think, um, I think without, yes, I adore probably the most is those ending frames of, of yes. the rooms. I, I, I just, just that for me encapsulates and is the perfect button for the entire tone and atmosphere that you've just been living in. I, I, it's, it's, I, I, like, I don't know. I think maybe it's, it's a not, it's something that I wouldn't thought I would, you know, feel so strongly about, but just that, just bringing it back to those locations of those films that you've just seen. But, you know, as soon as, as soon as, you know, you're out of the living room, you don't see it again. Once that sequence moves from the living room to upstairs or just, just the shot of the houses, like literally just, and the stillness of it, when you know that all of those locations have just at one time or another inhabited this like, this activity and then it's just still it's empty it's quiet as if nothing's happened and just that call back to those it's it's for me that is the perhaps not the climax because obviously you just had a flawless final thing and don't no, get me I think wrong, it's, it's, an, it's an absolutely perfect it's one of the best horror movie endings of all time no, it's one I of know, the best endings and, of all time yeah and you know, it's, yeah, I just think it's the perfect button and that is probably the most I feel like that's the heaviest weight I feel under the under the atmosphere of the movie. But another specific moment that just precursors that is 
the shot of him gone off the lawn and the theme starting up. That is fucking cinematic mastery. I just, I, I, l- oh, I like that. I would say I love Halloween too. And I really enjoy Halloween 3. I like I like parts of Halloween 4. And I really enjoyed Halloween 18. Every single time I see that final minute, I wish there was never a single frame of Michael Myers for the rest of my life. I wish that that was... And I know that all these fucking movies have the... All these movies have the... Oh, he's alive. You know, it's, you know, Freddy getting pulled. Every single Halloween movie has it. But it's never been bettered. No, I know. And again, no. we, I say this all the time. It's my favourite phrase, and I'm sure people will mock me if these ever become famous. It strives in its simplicity. Mm-hmm. It is not Freddy coming, smashing his hand through the window and pulling that dummy of the mother through. It's not yeah. go. Uh, it's not the child of Jason popping out of the woods and he's got all this makeup. Oh, he is not. He was there. He's not there. I know. Where is he? And the minute Halloween 2 starts and he's like wandering around, and he's like, oh, I got shot. It's, it's weird because it's the only time we actually hear him speak. He says, oh, I got shot. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, um, oh, God, anybody got any blasters? Uh, you sound weirdly like a Bronx guy. But um, the minute that, yeah, every time I see this, the, the final moment, you... you it's never been bettered. It never will be bettered. It strives in its simplicity, and it's the biggest argument for them never making a single fucking film again. I know, um, I know. And that's that. Maybe Halloween I, ends will have a similarly beautiful ending. And Dada. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. So that that definitely takes cake. But then also, I wrote down um, not like a specific moment, but I I enjoy Laurie being picked up by Annie because I think that's you know as soon as she has that costume change wardrobe change that you know you then enter the 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 act for the evening you know because it's 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 not dark yet so you haven't entered the final final act but you know that this is okay you know it's it's the it's the iconic outfit um you know it's later on you don't have all the innocence of school and talking about their plans it's now you know you know and and i think that one of the things i adore so much about this is that representation of you know teenage it's and for me it is nostalgia you know I took this was probably the biggest thing I talked about in my love for Days and Confused but in a way and yes it's another 70s teen movie um but I think it's just it's that callback to for me it's sentimental you know when you're a teenager and it and it is it it can transcend time because there's something timeless about you know on a Friday night you know walking home from school with your friends um, and then, you know, you've got plans for the night. So whether that's, you know, getting brutally killed by a masked murderer, or whether that's going to a, you know, party at the moon tower, there's something, you know, timeless about it. And, and to me, because it's, it's the anticipation, that's what I love about it, because it's the build up. you're talking about your plans, and then, you know, you're, you agree a time to get ready, and then, you know, when she sat outside with a big pumpkin on the porch, and you know I could just talk about American suburbia for, like, I could write essays about it and all of its guises, but I think that that, and then when she gets picked up by Annie, not my favourite conversation in the car, but even even the the tracking shot in the back of the car and then and them talking about it and then it gradually gets darker, let alone the fact that Mike was following them. Which was a reshoot because um, mm. they realised that when they got in the car, 
it was bright. <laughs> and then when they, yeah. the next scene, when they're dropping off, it was pitch black and they were like, I know, yes, 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 yes. Oh, maybe um, we need to show it getting darker. <laughs> but, but just that and yeah, obviously then you learn more about Laurie and, you know, the admittance of Ben Tramer and mm. that is, it's a, it's a sweet conversation and just, just something about driving in a car in the suburbs just that just floats my boat and to me I, I adore that so that's a slightly larger specific part um, and here it's used to devilish mm. lulling let's call it yeah. that lulling into sensibility and um, then final, yeah, final thing is her banging on the banging on the door screaming for Tommy as Michael was getting closer and closer and closer which is like the key the key and it's um, the only time we really see him pick up a speed Mm. But that, but that, like, if he was running, yes, yes, you wouldn't have a movie because he would get to her. But that's why you don't need all the theatrics because that, that's that suspense. It, 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 it comes part and parcel. It would not exist if Michael had anything more than that pace. And just her screaming on the door and like screaming Tommy, and you know he's just waking up and he's like, yeah, yeah. And it's that split second every time. I'm like. How, how they cut it this close. Like I fully expect there's, and actually it teeters on the line of me thinking there's no way he was, you know, given how close he was, yeah. he would have at least been able to grab her at, or not, or not, um, you know, block the door once she goes in. She wouldn't have time to cut, um, close it. Yeah, I would say. But just that. <laughs> and the plant pot. I, I always forget yeah. that she throws the full plant pot up. Good arm, good arm on uh, Laurie. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Soundtrack Corner. We touched on it before. I, I don't think it really can be underestimated. Never. How, like, let's talk about people who write their own music and direct and write. Charlie Chaplin, Clint Eastwood, John Carpenter. I'm trying to think of one I'm missing. And Clint Eastwood doesn't really write that much. Mm. Um, it's a very small field. And when you, people talk about auteur theory, it's always like writers and directors, and it's like, yeah, Tarantino's an auteur, you know what a Tarantino movie feels like. But there is something very specific about Carpenter as an auteur, because he does the music as well, and he produces, and it just feels, all of his movies feel like these huge packages. Of, of, of pure Carpenter. Is there a specific, I mean, we could, we could genuinely have a full hour conversation about the music itself. However, I'm going to be very specific and I'm going to be very strict. Is there a specific theme that uh, you um, enjoy most? It, it has to, like, obviously I'm thinking about Laurie's theme, but no, it has, it has to be the, the, the theme, yeah. Oh, the, oh hello, hello, the Halloween theme. Yeah, the Halloween theme. Yeah. I think I'd have to go the shape stalks. I'd, I think I'd have to go for didn't Because I always forget how late until we actually hear the thing. Because like by the time that we get an hour, like, like half an hour in, they played the main theme twice. They played Laurie's theme three times. And they played the, the other sort of music multiple times as well. And you're like, okay, John, all right, good. Off the brakes, honorable mention to Halloween 2018, the revamped whatever when you when the kid gets impaled on the fence 
And then Allison stood there and then he stepped and he's like, <laughs> that was very good. That was great. So I believe that's called the shape punts Allison. Or maybe I'm completely wrong. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, where are we next? Uh, best single minute, opening credits. Uh, Loomis leaving Smith's Grove. Um, he's gone from here. The evil is gone. He's gone from here. <laughs> uh, the bullying. Uh, that's, that's a rather cruel single minute. Hey, the boogeyman's gonna get you. Uh, the graveyard Dude, you scene. you know what happens on Halloween? <laughs> Uh, the graveyards, I can't wait for Halloween ends where we find out that he's still in, that the, all three of those are still in Alex, still in Haddonfield and oh Jesus Christ. Uh, the graveyard scene with Judas Tombstone uh, and and then as we've just uh, talked about extensively the final minute, the final the final, uh, final minute. minute. Any shots. nominations for best single minutes? Uh, Ava? All I have written is final minute from when the theme plays again when you don't see him. Yeah, and then and slowly just Loomis, just... Looking, Loomis looking up at the sky, Laurie, <laughs> and then the... Oh. Uh, best oh. line, it's Halloween, everyone's entitled to one good scare, Laurie. Um, I'm death... not, I'm oh, not a fan of... Sheriff Brackett. Sheriff, Sheriff Brackett. Sheriff Brackett. Um, of, it was the boogeyman. I'm not mad at it, yeah. but that for me doesn't do it. Like, yeah, so I, all I have is Lonnie, get your ass. Lonnie, get your ass. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. I'm a mm. big fan of that one. Um, yeah. You're fooled them, haven't I, you, I love Michael? Lewis going, he's gone! The evil's gone! The evil's gone from here! Um, <laughs> I shot him six times! Obviously, that's the big quote from Halloween 2. I shot him six times! Um, big fan of big fan of Loomis, as we've already talked about, and the devil's eyes. That whole monologue is mm. extremely excellent. What's the change? Right, I'm going to clear the floor. You talk about Annie, because I think she's quite fine. No, I literally just have Annie. What Not is the actor. it? Who's, who's the actress? Her name is... Oh, her name is... Uh, <laughs> her name is what? My name... <laughs> Maybe Isn't the... her name Linda something? Her name is Nancy Kiez. Nancy, yes. I think, and my mum actually feels the exact same because also I should have mentioned in my first introduction, my mother saw this in the cinema in 1978. Oh my God. And was, and was scared shitless and she still will refuse to watch it even though I like talked to her extensively about how, mum, it's not gonna, it's not a jump scare, it's the atmosphere, it's the tone, it's a cinematic masterpiece. She's like, I don't want to hear it. Um, so... Yes, that was another background into my introduction to the film, but she, I think maybe when I had it on once and it was a scene, it must have been, it must have been the walking back. No, I'll tell you exactly what scene it was. It's when uh, Nancy is on the phone with Lori when she's babysitting and mm. Carl Richards is watching the TV and she's like, I've got some news for you, Lori. <laughs> Guess who I just got off the phone with who wants to take you out? And she was like, she is absolute shit. I think I I I'm not a fan of her acting. I, you've I, made me it, hate her. You've made me dislike her more. I have to say, it's, it's so. I think it's I think it's bad acting. I think it's a bad performance. It's it's not. Yes, she's the most prickly of the three of them, and you know Linda and Laurie fit into very opposite archetypes. Which fine, they don't do anything wrong with those performances. So I'm not saying there isn't room for a more you know, liminal or mixed 
character of Annie. I'm not mad at the role. I, I just really do not like her performance because I think that it's, because it's not, but like her performance, it's just her delivery is just not, I don't, I don't find it realistic. It's, it's, yeah, she's doing this whole like, you know, snarky thing and it's not bitchy, but the way that she delivers it, it's like she's deadpan and she's actually kind of nasty. It's like, she doesn't actually it is, say it anything. It is quite horrible. <laughs> Yeah, like, and, and yeah, maybe she's, you know, because obviously she's the most um, outspoken, like, you know, you know, hey, jerk, speed kills. So I'm not saying that, you know, that's, that's unrealistic for a, you know, for a female character to say, but just her delivery is just so off, so off. I can see that. I can see that. You've made me dislike her more, I have to say, mm. because every time I'm like, oh, she's not that bad. I hear you clawing in my ear going, no, she's terrible. <laughs> uh, what's the change looking at his hands in the opening shots <laughs> I, I know that they have to get the blood on her boobs so they have to cut away but um, the, it's just like oh hello my hand and then he goes back in um, the quickest sex of all time with Judas boyfriend and then I was thinking wait mm. did they have sex and then I was like oh no they definitely because his, his shirt's entirely off <laughs> it was and she's entirely naked maybe it was like um in SNL, Mr. Koenig. Uh, currently, we're uh, uh, my shirt and jacket, <laughs> my shirt and jacket off, her shirt and jacket on. So you're so, naked. <laughs> she's fully clothed. Tell God, gracias. Um, I've always found you want to know the weirdly the weird the performance that's always stuck out to me is bad. Leave the keys at the Myers place, Laurie. The dad. I don't know what it is. He's just always been off on that first line. Um, <coughs> you only want to go there to have a place. Shit. This is my, I don't like this, Annie. I have a place for that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, scares are all great, but why is there for some of them? What? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. So all the times Michael's there. And, and she, like, sees Michael. Yeah, they're all incredible and they're all deeply unsettling. But what is he doing? <laughs> what, in the laundry? In the, the laundry is the worst one because it's edited badly. And it doesn't have a moment where Laurie looks away. Um, it, that, that one's just an, a genuine editing mistake. Another editing mistake is Loomis not seeing the car next to him the entire three hours. I'm going to stay here. Okay, good plan. Good plan, Loomis. Um, the clothesline disappearance doesn't make any sense yet. Bob leaving the door open, carrying Linda out. He's just going to leave his door open on his car, just wide open. It was the 70s, man. It was the 70s, man. I wanted to have sex with PJ Souls, man. I didn't care. Um, Bob <laughs> Bob's knife holding him up. Oh, yeah. Again, the Bob kill. Incredible. But it doesn't, it's, it's completely illogical. And then, What about the head turn, the how many times on a scale of one to ten has Michael Myers turned his head now in all the sequels? Mm. On a scale of one to ten. And then finally dropping the knife, which is a huge thing. And I think the biggest service that Kevin Williamson gives Halloween in his scripts, in his screen script, is it's just stupid. It's just insulting. Um, it's just a big, big-breasted big woman who runs who runs up the stairs instead of running out of the front door. It's insulting. And then immediately she runs up the door because when you are being chased by a serial killer, you have no idea what you're going to do. And I think that one perfect well, line... Sorry? 
Sydney's door, she locked her door. Oh, right. But then, but then Ghostface was already yeah. in the house. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, when people talk about the knife, I don't get annoyed, but it's like, I think the big problem is, is that when she's, when she's stabbed him in the living room, she makes such a big throw down of it. She's like, eh. <laughs> and it's like, what would you do? Sure, what would you do? But also, she shouldn't like throw it down. Uh, what's next in this little show we do as we wind down? That's from Hamilton, isn't it? As we wind and dine. <laughs> Have you watched Hamilton yet? Wine and dine. Don't watch what? Hamilton. Uh, I watched I Hamilton. I saw it. I saw it pre-COVID. Oh, what did you think? It's fine, isn't it? Any other changes? No, I just wrote Annie. <laughs> A few fun facts, here we go. We know most of these people know all of this sort of thing, like the, the William Shatner mask, obviously they, they do as a William Shatner mask, he was either that or a clown mask, and they shaved the eyes and they did the eyes bigger and they shaved the hair and they dyed, sorry, they dyed the hair and they made it whiter, all that sort of thing, everybody knows all this sort of thing. Um, couple, some things you might not know, originally the Babysitter Murder script had the events over multiple days. However, low budget, made it one day, perfect ticking time bomb. It's one of those perfect mistakes again. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis was the only teenager of the three teenagers. Uh, John Carpenter's intent with the character of Michael Myers was that the audience should never be able to relate to him. Um, okay. <laughs> he does work as, a, as an absolute complete cipher. Obviously the thing, everybody knows that because it's very, very obvious. Everybody sort of knows all of these things. Um, Something you might not know. The final Donald Pleasance look, uh, they shot it two different ways because Donald Pleasance was of two minds. Do you want me to um, react as if I'm shocked or react as if I'd known all along that this was going to happen? And they mm. shot it both ways and they edited between and it's it's wonderful. It's really, really good. Um, Michael Myers' full name is mentioned in the television of the film. Michael Audrey Myers. Ma'am. Uh, yeah, so, oh, here's funny. For years after Halloween was released, people would tell writer and director John Carpenter how horrified they were by Michael Myers' grotesquely disfigured face, glimpsed when Laurie pulls his mask off. But actually, all they saw was the ordinary face of the actor Tony Moran, perfectly normal except for the small knife wound inflicted by Laurie during their struggle. Carpenter cites this as evidence of the power of suggestion in cinema, that the audience saw a monster on screen so assumed he must look like a monster underneath the mask. Mm. Uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill have stated many times over the years that they did not consciously set out to depict virginity as a way of defeating a rampaging killer. The reason why the horny teens all die is simply that they are all so preoccupied with getting laid that they don't notice that there is a killer at large. On the other hand, Laurie Strode spends a lot of her time, you know what, being a good babysitter. I think it's an underrated trait amongst kids these days, being a good babysitter. Uh, PJ Souls admitted in a recent interview, um, she's Linda and I'm Laurie. Uh, talking about Jamie Lee Curtis, saying that um, she was more of a reclusive homebody and that Jamie Lee Curtis was more of a bubbly cheerleader. That doesn't really surprise me. Uh, John Carpenter has mentioned in the past that he based Michael Myers on Yul Brenner's robotic assassin character from Westworld, a similarly robotic figure. Uh, John Michael Graham, who played Bob in Halloween, also appeared in Greece that same year. He can be seen briefly as a dancer at the end. So next time you watch Greece, keep an eye out for um, Bob. Here's a few taglines. So I'm going to read you the taglines. This is new. You've got to pick me the best one. The trick was to stay alive. 
The night he came home, perfect. Yeah. He's come back. He came home for Halloween. Everyone is entitled to one good scare. Fine. Trick or treat or die. No. I prefer trick or treat, motherfucker. Trick or treat, motherfucker. I think uh, undeniably it's the night he came home. Yeah, exactly. Um, ooh, I just saw my screen quotes. <laughs> we'll get there in a moment. Tom's big question. Loomis finding the van and the clothes. Doesn't inspect just like an inch further, mate? Just, just look a little bit over. Just look a little bit over and you're going to find that guy. Um, it's a dog. It's still warm. He got hungry. Michael eats a dog? <laughs> mm. What the hell is happening there? Mm. Yes. Best kill. I think it's got to be Bob. If you can look past the fact that, yeah, this is the strongest knife in the world, then uh, you can get it. I was going to say, who is the who is the? Um, oh, sorry, sorry, go, uh, oh, sorry. What's your favourite kill? I think it's not Annie, even though I take great pleasure. In I was going to say, I was going to say, surely that's um, your favourite. Linda, mm. get your ghost. Um. The dog makes me sad. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty, the, obviously the, yeah, don't care about the gas station. No, uh, I was going to ask who is your MVP performance. However, I don't think we can litigate a 10 minute conversation where you fight for Laurie and I fight for Donald Pleasance. Yeah. I think Pleasance adds an intense gravity. I think they are both yes. tight. Let's say a tie. Very diplomatic. I think... Pleasance gets the nod because he was the old horse who they kept dragging out for those first six movies. Yes. <laughs> Until he died during the during the filming of Curse. Oh, poor Donald. Um, I don't know what else to do. That's it, isn't it? Any final thoughts on Halloween before we enter the world of Scream? For me, I think that it was the... Just, just because something was the first doesn't make it the best. I would say it was but, the first and it's still the best. That would no, be exactly. the way I so phrased I was it. Say, yeah. it's, not, it's not me saying, oh, it's the first. It, it imagined everything. Um, it's, therefore, it's, it's the most iconic. But no, in this case, it is the best. I think that without this, that it, it, it birthed and defined the slasher genre. And I think that it still stands the test of time. Needless to say, you know, it's not immune to spanning all of these you know, blockbuster sequels that yes, provide great box office earnings and it's this legacy. But to me, I, I don't, that that's by the by to me, I don't care. I think this movie is a flawless, flawless piece of cinema. And the fact that it spanned all of this other, you know, stuff, great. But for me, it's, it's I don't care. I, I don't know what else to add. Mm. I agree with you completely. And we are, all I can add is that we are whores and gluttons for punishment and we'll be there opening night for Halloween ends. That's all I can say. <laughs> this is, yeah, a, you, I, stop lying to yourself. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I know, I know. I, we, uh, you know, that's all we are. We love punishments. Halloween 2018 was fantastic it was I was so trepidatious I have to say going into that I was very trepidatious and so and then it was good so then going into Halloween kills 
I know. We were so high and, and, and it was boosted by COVID. You know, we were so close and and that first teaser, let it burn. I was like, oh, come on. I know, I come know, on. I know. But then, but then that, that sitting in that movie, I left, I, 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 I was speechless on the drive home. I said, was that it? And just so, it was just so haphazard, so just in every kind of way, just a terrible sequel, a terrible answer, a terrible continuation of that storyline. So Yes, has it shattered my faith for Halloween ends? Yes. Completely. Has it shattered Which my faith will... for that trilogy? Yes. Completely, yeah. Unless this one's anyway, it won't be good. Unless it's unless it's a return of the Jedi situation in which the in which the third oh, come on. is the best out of the trilogy. You are just trying to make this episode 20 minutes longer. You are just trying to bait me into this ends now. This ends tonight. <laughs> <laughs> evil, evil dies tonight. I Michael for 40 years. Oh my god. I'm gonna tell I'm you not, a story. Hi, right, welcome to this. Welcome to your fun karaoke night. The last guy did a puppet show, did a puppet comedy song. Now I'm going to tell you the story of four trauma victims. And Marion. Marion Chambers was also there. She was in that car. Lindsay Wallace. And uh, Lani. Everybody remember Lani? Let's say it together. Let's end the episode. Three, two, one. Lani, get your ass out of there. <laughs> Da ba da ba da ba da da.